Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. All right, Bob. Glad to have you in yet another semi-quarantine, sheltered-in-place, phase one or phase two, depending on when this happens and when you listen to it. Um, we here in Florida, as the time of recording this, are in phase one, and so restaurants have been allowed to open at a 25% capacity or outside seating. Um, I told you before, I've been frustrated, some of my favorite places have not, but me and my wife did sneak away for a date on saturday night to carabas Uh, yes if you're gonna eat chain italian please do not commit the mortal sin of going to olive garden no it's microwave food (laughs) that is not actual italian food don't give me look it's ridiculous uh but carabas if you're gonna eat chain italian food i don't know that it gets better than carabas in my opinion it does. You know, well, I, I, I've been to uh, Carabas. I've also been to, um, there's a place called the Macaroni Grill uh, yes. that used to be around. And it, the, both of those establishments have real kitchens yep. with real cooks yes. who are cooking food. And yes. so the chicken is raw, the noodles are not done, and the sauces are being made. And so it's all done right there. It's not a high schooler in the back cutting open a plastic bag with scissors and then putting it in the microwave. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so my go-to uh, at Carabas is the chicken Brian. So it's okay. chicken with uh, a goat cheese medallion and a sun-dried tomato and kind of think lime sauce that goes over it. And mm-hmm. uh, man, it's just beautiful. But uh, there's been a uh, a lot of hints of a beef shortage coming because of all of this. I even saw an article that Wendy's, because they use all fresh beef, is limiting their uh, restaurants because they have less access to. So I went steak with the Brian toppings. I got a filet with the goat cheese and the sun-dried tomato lime type sauce. On t- oh, it was beautiful. It was so good. Dude, that's great. Well, you know, the beef shortage can only mean good things for Popeyes. So you, <laughs> yes. So, there will never be a chicken shortage. We always got to work it in to have a Popeyes reference. And so there was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's the only restaurant I have sat down in so far. Um, but the other thing I'm excited about in Florida is as of today, uh, barber shops, hair salons are are open at limited capacity appointments only. Uh, and man, I have not had a haircut in far too long and, no. and it's getting real shaggy. And so I've yeah. got one scheduled for Thursday and I can't wait. I'm excited. I, I keep my luxurious, lovely locks uh, cut and cropped because my beautiful wife uh, has been cutting my hair for 25 years. I think my, it all started when my uh, two-year-old son uh, screamed his head off at the barber. And so we immediately went to Walmart. We purchased some uh, wall clippers and some scissors. And I sat not, down in not the, the chair. Not the Floby? Not the Floby, man. No. Like, we, I sat down in the chair, and he watched me get my hair cut. And then he got up in his booster seat, and his mom cut his hair. 
and uh, she's been doing it for 25 years. It's been, it's been awesome because, you know, I haven't had to go without a haircut. My my wife said she's not even willing to venture a try. Uh, and so, uh, well, the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut is about two weeks. That's it. <laughs> so Thursday, I'll finally get to get my haircut, which I'm very excited about. But I'll tell you another thing that we've been trying to figure out at our church that I'd like to talk about today is um, I think naturally there's been a bent and a an understanding of the importance of in reach in the church right now because we want to stay as connected as we can as a congregation while we're not able to gather. And that's obviously a massive priority for the church right now. And, and we've tried to come up with some ways to do that. One of my favorites I mentioned before is our senior ladies get a monthly missions mosaic, uh, WMU magazine delivered to the church. And so uh, I've taken it on myself for me and my family to hand deliver those to each house. And I was so late doing it on the first one, just getting it all scheduled that the other ones already come in now. And so we're going to do that this week and be able to go back out to each house. And that's been really good kind of in reach, writing hand letters and Zoom calls and all the things you guys have probably all been doing. But I think one of the things that's more complicated to think through is outreach. What, is, yeah. what does outreach look like in a world where you are not supposed to be interacting with people you don't normally interact with that aren't in your household? You're not supposed to be in proximity of others. You're not supposed to be going to others. So how, how do we do, what are some things to think through, Bob, with, with outreach in the midst of social distancing guidelines? Yeah, so our relating patterns are absolutely changing and have changed. Uh, and and we see this when you if you have been around somebody recently that you haven't seen in a while when you when you see them again your first inclination is to stick your hand out or to, to both arms up like you're going to hug them but you realize okay wait new new rules of the game new rules of engagement same thing with our non-churched unreached folks there's total new ways of relating now that all that said every single one of us is at a, at a relational deficit right now. And so there's a desire to connect with people. And I think the big question is how can I use the resources we have right now to connect with people who are desperately seeking interaction and conversation and connection. And so things that we're thinking through are uh, how do you, how do you start online Bible studies or groups or discussion groups for folks who are in the community that are that got a lot of questions that have some spiritual needs. And so one of our one of our church members did this. She's using the sermons and a study series from another church. And she started a, a Monday night Bible study with some uh, some of her family who are non Christians and some people in her cul de sac. And so they're just getting online. They listen. They listen to a sermon. And then they get online and they have discussions about, about that sermon series. And so that's one way that we're seeing uh, some really cool things happen some, uh, with one of our members. Um, man, I just think being faithful in the neighborhood and, and walking on a regular basis when, we, one, it, you got to walk because you just need to get out and exercise. And uh, prior to now, a lot of our parks have been shut down and, so you, and gyms are shut down. So what can you do? We can walk, right? And just stopping 
uh, on the corner. If, think about this. If every one of our church members walked regularly, they were able to walk regularly. And if they had spiritual conversations with their neighbors about what's going on or just ask them, hey, can I pray for you? That's immediately upping the, the spiritual conversation level of people in your congregation in ways that have probably not taken place maybe ever. Because um, typically it's the, the, our mode has been let's invite them to church and let the paid pastor say something spiritual. And uh, let's hope and pray that they make a decision and then just start showing up at church with us. Well, those days are long gone. But I, I think that's good in the sense that maybe we're recovering some of the mission, missional aspects of actually equipping people to speak the gospel and the hope of the gospel uh, in, in ways that we were not doing prior to COVID-19. Yeah, I, I'll tell you personally, and you know this about me, I am extremely extroverted. Uh, if if relational time with someone face-to-face is fuel, I'm like a gas-guzzling hummer. Uh, I just require... <laughs> Just nonstop uh, engagement, and so so years ago, uh, out of <laughs> this was an idea I started years ago, born out of frustration, um, in, in the midst of like budget planning and spreadsheets and and answering insurance questions and and all the things that drive me insane and make me want to leave the ministry and just start a food truck. I uh, <laughs> I got a sandwich board sign made that just says, "How can I pray for you?" And our church is at a major intersection. Uh, so there's a main road that literally comes right at our church. As a matter of fact, at least twice a year, someone just keeps going and runs into our church building. Uh, with oh, my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> and so we're at a, a very uh, visible spot in the city. So I had that sign made. And when I... I don't have it scheduled. Literally, it's just kind of when I've hit like a, I'm tired of doing the administrative stuff deficit. I go sit out literally just in front of the church with that sign and just waiting for people to come by so I can pray with them. And I've seen some really neat things happen with that. So uh, about two weeks into this, I hit that pretty hard. And so I went out with an N95 mask, some gloves and some, uh, some wipes set up some tables and just like set out in front of the church with my, how can I pray for you sign with my N95 mask on and uh, I got to have some really good conversations with that. Um, but beyond that, one of the two things that we have done that have been our main kind of sources of outreach is I've asked church members, as a matter of fact, on that day, I told church members to come by and grab a handful of door hangers that we had created that on the front, says our church name and logo, website, phone number, and just says, hey, please feel free to reach out to our church if we can serve you in any way. And it gives information for our online worship stuff. And then on the back, it says, uh, hey, we're here for you. These are uncertain times. And as your neighbor, I want you to know that we're here for you. If you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray for you. If you are unable to leave your house due to health concerns, please let me know. And I would be happy to go out and help you get whatever you need and a place for the member to put their name and their phone number on there. So we gave those out to a lot of church members, encouraging them to interact and serve their neighbors. Um, and, <clears throat> and then the other thing is last year, for the first time, we did a big Mother's Day giveaway where kind of like a yard sale out in that front, big front yard we've got. We had kids' clothes of different size and toys and women's clothes and just encouraged single moms, especially in our area, but any moms to come and uh, kind of shop for free. 
and give them a big bag and say, fill up the bag with whatever you want. And it's yours. And it creates some really good gospel opportunities. We actually had uh, one salvation come out of that last year. And uh, that lady helped serve this year. We did it in a drive-through version because we knew we wouldn't be able to do it that same way. And what was interesting is doing it the way we did it this year may not have been as beneficial to the clothing part because you couldn't kind of shop it and pick what you wanted. We had pre-made bags, but ministry wise, it was way better. And the reason is we trained our volunteers to go up to the car, take their order, but really interact with them. Don't make it a transaction, but an interaction and share the gospel ask if you can pray over them and their family and over 50 families came through and we were able to uh, pray over each, every, each and every one of them, uh, give them information about our online worship information, share the gospel with many, serve many. And what was really neat is the lady that got saved as a result of last year's was one of the main volunteers this year. And she let me know, um, I don't know if you realize this, but when I came last year, I was already considering uh, self-harm in some pretty significant ways. And you not only uh, showed me hope for eternity, but for my life now. And, wow. and she was just so excited and pleased to be there with her kids serving uh, for our Mother's Day weekend giveaway. And so those are just some of the ways that we've tried to think through uh, with outreach, but man, I'm always trying to think through other ways and other things that we can do. Uh, what are some other thoughts that we should consider uh, maybe as we're trying to move forward and thinking through how to do outreach? You know, this is a hard one for me um, as we live in an affluent uh, community that, um, you know, outreach coming to the church for an event or for, I, I need a I'm in need uh, of some material thing. Just that, that's not where we are. And, uh, and it's hard because that it, makes a, it makes it challenging for gospel conversations. So one of the things that we do have as a resource that people like to use is our parking lot, our soccer field, and our building, and those sorts of things. And so we have tried to, to continue to think through ways, how can we serve the community? Um, nobody can be in our building, right? So that's kind of out of out of uh, a possibility for us. But man, I can tell you, it, you will not go up to our church property on any sunshiny day and not find kids playing soccer out back, kids learning to ride their bike on our parking lot, um, people doing uh, social distance hangouts on our parking lot. I've been up there several times and you know you see circle of SUVs and the back latches open and people are in there and the music is going and they're hanging out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I have thought, how do I, what are some ways that I could leverage this, you know, use of our parking lot? Um, I don't, I don't think we can ever like advertise, Hey, come and hang out in our public space. Right. Cause there's some guidelines in terms of like gathering people, but I've our, one of the things that's strategic for us is our website is on our sign. It's not just, Hey, uh, you know, here's when we meet, it's, it's on there. And so we try to design, you know, our website in such ways that people would, if they're, if they're cruising in on a regular basis, then they'll, they'll see the website. Or we've done this too, when, when people are driving in, because we, we have a school that is next door. If we have some kind of event or we have some kind of resource or we want to pray for people, we'll just stick one of those kind of 
yard signs out there and have that information on so when people are driving in and out, they can see that and, and connect with us and it piques their interest. Um, one of the things I think that's important, you're doing a killer job of this. I just want to highlight this is your, your uh, Monday morning or your daily coffee with Jimbo uh, is huge, right? And, and I think this regular online presence of somebody having a conversation and bringing scripture and the gospel into it is enormous. You know, in terms of your reach, um, obviously you're, you're going to reach people that are connected with your church relationally or connected with you relationally. Potentially, uh, people will see some of that activity locally if you're doing some Facebook advertising. But I think that kind of, that kind of little bit of a hook in the water is interesting to people combined with a video sermon that now we're all doing that, I think really is going, is sort of a front door that we've just not explored on a regular basis, right? So I think you can you have to, and we haven't done this just yet, but um, combining some kind of regular ongoing word of the day, presence, coffee with Jimbo, you know, that sort of thing, along with what you're doing regularly in terms of your, your uh, preaching on the, on the internet and, you know, if you, when you meet uh, streaming your services, I think that's a powerful combination that differentiates from, Hey, we just put our services online, but Hey, I'm actually going to have a conversation with you. So have you seen some of that? If you had local people connect with you or like, yeah, it's, it's really been fascinating to see. I think, you know, right now we're in a unique opportunity for, online stuff to be more beneficial than ever before. Uh, if, I think if you started doing that before, there might be a, hey, why is this guy doing this? Is he just trying to promote himself? Uh, whereas now it's like, hey, I mean, this guy's making the best of where we're at. And people are actually not looking for polished stuff right now. They're looking no. for authentic stuff. And that's evidenced in the popularity of John Krasinski's Some Good News uh, that mm-hmm. he's been doing right? The guy from the office and Jack Ryan, and, and he's been doing this program called Some Good News that he just kind of started doing out of his house. And it's, it's blown up and become insane how popular that is. Um, and this all started with, I was doing a Monday morning, I was doing an every morning, 7am Facebook live, who's your one, praying for your one and kind of just sharing a short something. And uh, that we were towards the end of our Who's Your One time, right as all of this kind of started. And so several people said, hey, could you keep going um, and doing something? And so uh, I love creative challenges. And, uh, and so I just created a I, – I didn't realize what all I was biting off when I made the commitment. <laughs> I said, I'm going to start with a different coffee mug each day. And let that coffee mug be an object lesson that leads me into a devotional. Um, And uh, did that every day for the entire month of April and uh, a few days into May. And then uh, right as we entered phase one, I was well out of coffee mugs, even after sending me some. And, and, and kind of just out of juice in my, in my own creative. Even after drinking all that coffee all the time. (laughs) And so, uh, and so I said, all right, I'm just going to move to every Monday now. And so today was one of my first Mondays uh, as we were recording this, doing that after that. And, uh, but what's been neat is how wide that reach has gone into, um, friends from like high school, 
uh, to like friends of friends and uh, just people I never would have anticipated. Just uh, recently, one of my friends from high school that I have not talked to since high school, um, really in over 20 years, um, he contacted me and was like, apparently, I guess he's like in the Navy now and was in the, he said he was watching it from the uh, bottom of the, the Dead Sea and uh, showed me like pictures of like radars and stuff in some submarine he was in. Or oh my something. God. Oh, now you're going to get arrested from the secret. Vid. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but what was cool is uh, this guy asked me for a link to my video sermons so he could send it to his wife because his wife had never met me and he wanted to tell his wife about this guy he used to be friends with in high school. And now he's a preacher and, and all this stuff. And so there's just been some really neat. And then several other friends that, uh, that I've known that are not connected to churches right now have, have connected through some of that stuff. And it's been really, really just a, a fascinating thing. Even a friend that was a worship leader and a church plant and kind of hit a burnout moment and had moved back home to our hometown and, was no longer uh, wasn't in a church because he had moved kind of right before everything happened, and so he said, "So for right now, our church is watching you," um, and and that's what oh. we're doing. And uh, so, just a neat privilege and opportunity. And so, it's it, but it's also been neat to see people who aren't pastors. So one of my mentors that discipled me a lot uh, is a guy who actually worked on his landscaping crew. Uh, and one of my claims to fame, anybody, anytime anybody mentions uh, Green Bay Packers or Brett Favre, I can just always name drop. I used to cut Brett Favre's grass. Seriously, and I did. Yeah, on this guy's landscaping crew, we were. I think he's still the guy who has the contract for Brett Favre's property in Mississippi. And, uh, and so I've been all throughout Brett Favre's house and, uh, and even used his bathroom once, like his personal bathroom, just to say I used Brett Favre's bathroom. Did and you ever see him while he was there, while you were there? He would weed eat with us. He would come out what? there with a weed eater and jump in. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I met him several times. Now he would never, it's not like if I ran to him in public, he'd be like, Jimbo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No idea who I am, but yes, I met him many times. And, um, but anyway, that guy, the guy that I used to work for on his landscaping crew teaches a Sunday school class and he had a set up a private Facebook group so that they could kind of interact a little bit during all of this. And he was doing his Sunday school lesson live on that private group every Sunday morning, uh, for his Sunday school class. And then one day he accidentally clicked like on his personal channel and not on the private group, not on purpose. And uh, hundreds of people ended up watching his Sunday school lesson. And so he was like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing it that way. And so now this guy every Sunday is doing uh, a Facebook live Sunday school lesson from his yard. And so I think we've got to think outside of the box. We've got to think, Use what God has given us and uh, in the opportunities that God has given us and um, don't, don't stop thinking. Be creative and come up with ways, whatever way you can to interact and uh, see what God is going to do with it. People are more hungry now for connection and for truth than they ever have been. And I think that's good for uh, this good ground uh, for the gospel, because the gospel connects us with God, connects us with Jesus, who is the truth. And so, I, I mean, I'm I'm encouraged that all of the stuff that we've seen happen 
uh, will, is really setting a stage for the opportunity for people to hear the gospel in ways, and it's really mobilized churches to think about communicating the gospel in ways that we've never thought about before. Yeah. Hey, guys, look, we'd love to hear from you. Send us uh, what outreach methods you've been using. How have you been reaching out to your community? What are some creative ways you've done in reach uh, and things like that? Please let us know so we can all learn from you. Also, just like always, we'd love to hear your questions. Uh, we'd love to bring you on onto an episode, let you be our special guest so we can discuss with you some questions that you have. So just shoot us a line and let us know. All right, guys, in the meantime, stay safe, stay sanitized, keep telling people about Jesus. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.